Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 197, and we are talking about stream etiquette today. Now, this is not going to be a basic stream etiquette podcast. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to be talking about kind of the classical things that we think of when we talk about stream etiquette, who fishes upstream, who fishes downstream, um, you know, who, where you enter the stream, how far you walk from the stream, things like that. Those are excellent things that I think everyone needs to be aware of. But there's countless resources on those topics, and they're all over the place. In fact, that's something that I think that you should pick up a book and read kind of the the classical, again, uh, approaches to stream etiquette. Because I think these are just timeless uh, principles that anglers should live by, whether you're a fly fisherman or a conventional angler, um, regarding spacing and things like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that there are certain subjective aspects to etiquette. And I kind of want to talk about that today. And how do you iron that out? How do you figure out how you should fish, where you should fish, as it relates to other people? Now, ideally, you're fishing all by yourself. You don't have to worry about how close you are or far away you are from someone else because you are all on your lonesome, on a beautiful stream, enjoying nature. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of places where we fish, we don't have that luxury. When I lived in South Central Pennsylvania, and I was fishing on streams like the Yellow Breaches, and Big Spring, and Falling Springs, and going up to State College and fishing on Spring Creek, and a lot of those rivers, or even when I was fishing in the Shenandoah when I was living in Virginia, or some of those mountain streams in the in the Shenandoah Mountains, there was a lot of other people there. And it was very, very rare that I would show up and I had the parking lot to myself. You kind of hoped that other people were hikers, but you knew that there was probably somebody else on the water. 
And some of those streams, again, going back to South Central Pennsylvania streams, they saw more angling traffic than a lot of other creeks, not just in Pennsylvania, not just in the East Coast, but in the entire country in an angler per, per river mile uh, ratio. And so you just kind of got used to being on top of people. But it was not as bad, of course, as some of the combat angling that you encounter in, say, like the Great Lakes um, or kind of the opening day scene where you are literally shoulder to shoulder with people and getting hung up on each other. And so there is a very wide swath of experiences of how close you can be to other people and how far away you can be from other people. But by and large, we're all somewhere kind of in, in the middle there where the good trout water, for example, or the good smallmouth bass water, especially when we're talking about rivers, not talking so much about ponds and lakes and oceans and things like that, but we're talking about rivers and creeks. There's a good chance that if you live within a couple hours of a metropolitan area and there is a well-known trout stream or even a, a trout stream of moderate repute that you are going to run the risk and that, that makes it sound really negative but you know what i mean run the risk of having somebody else fishing the same water that you are fishing on any given day now you can increase your chances of having the water to yourself by being the first one there, by fishing on uh, the middle of the week and all that sort of stuff. And I've got other podcasts and articles about how to optimize your opportunity for being by yourself on the water. But today I really want to talk about how you deal with, with being with other people um, on the water. And the first thing that I want to share, I've got like four things I want to talk about. Uh, the first thing is common sense. Just use common sense. And common sense, I think, boils down to the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? How would you want someone to deal with you if they came upon you as you were fishing? Um, how much space would you want them to give you? Uh, how much space would you want them to to make between you and them before they start fishing? Now, there may be some classical rule, again, the books have, and that's great. That's fine. But given the situation that you're in, if the water is really slow and glassy, you know, what, what do you think would be a better option given that set of circumstances? And here's my first and best piece of advice, obviously, after using common sense. You don't want to wade in right next to somebody, uh, especially if you're fishing in a, in a relatively remote area. I mean, there's some streams where, um, where, where there's access points like every 20 yards, and that stream's etiquette allows for someone to enter the stream every 20 yards. Um, the, the water is still enough, there's enough fish, there's, uh, there's plenty of, of casting room and things like that, but in a remote area, you know, that's not what you want to do. So, you know, use that common sense. But here is the next best piece of advice. Talk to people. Just talk to people. Have a conversation. I know that a lot of us don't get out into the woods and on the water to have meaningful, deep conversations with other people. But guess what? We are human beings. We live in a society and we communicate by having conversations. And that is the best way to make sure that everyone is on the same page. There might not be a hundred percent unanimity and agreement based on the two parties that are having the conversation. But if you at least 
step out and say something, then you know kind of what's going on. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, here's a great example. You pull into a parking lot and there is somebody there pulling their waders on or rigging up their rod. They were there first. You're coming in second. Now, you might have a different perspective on this, but in my opinion, that person, even though they're taking a little bit longer to get ready than you might take to get ready, has first crack at where they're fishing. So I do this, and I'm not saying this makes me a better person or a nicer person or have more etiquette or getting some sort of merit badge for on-stream behavior, but what I like to do in a stream that's not, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder kind of casting situation is simply ask that person, hey, where are you planning to fish? More often than not, my response that I, I hear from people is, oh, I don't care. I, I was just planning on finding finding open water. And so all you've done is just demonstrate that you're considerate. You haven't given anything up. You haven't yielded the, the entire creek to another person. All you've done is shown, hey, you were here first. I want you to have first crack first choice at whatever beat or whatever side of the stream, whatever pool uh, that you're going to be fishing. Other times people have said, I really was, you know, hoping to fish this pool. And so as I hop out, you know, rod already rigged up, maybe wet waiting while they're getting their waders on and say, okay, I'm going to go fish downstream, or I'm going to head far enough upstream from that spot where you could probably fish for a while before you get to where I'm going to be. And that's a fantastic way to be a good neighbor, a good citizen, a good angler, and also to not be on top of each other. Because as frustrating as it is to kind of have in the back of your mind, oh, we might be on top of each other, it's much more frustrating to actually run into somebody fishing just around the bend when you know that they know that you were there, if you, if you track what I'm saying. So just have that conversation. And if you have it in the parking lot, it's a lot more congenial. It's not as... as um, I don't know, stressed or 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 uh, there's not as much tension as doing it on the water. And so I like to have that conversation. And I think it's great because you know what? There's also a little bit of small talk. And again, we're not talking about sitting down and, and having dinner with a person. We're just saying a few minutes of, of, hey, where are you fishing? Okay. Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Matthew. Um, you know, have a great day. Catch some fish. Have you fished here before? Little things like that. And again, that might not be your favorite thing, but you never know what it's going to lead to. It could be the, simply, at the, at the bare minimum, it could be just, okay, you guys are going to have a good understanding of who's fishing where. Or it might lead to a hot tip. Hey, I was fishing here yesterday. I did really well on, on, on dries, or I did really well on a double nymph rig with a tiny little midge, you know, suspended 18 inches below my, my indicator, whatever it might be. And, and that's the nice byproduct of simply being a pleasant person. Now, the same thing extends to when you get on the stream. Now, this is something that, I don't know, I, I feel a little bit weird doing this, to be honest with you. Of You pop on the stream and you holler down to somebody uh, that is focusing on following their drift, following what they're doing, and say, hey, uh, I'm going to head upstream. But I found that it makes me feel more confident of what I'm doing uh, in, in the sense that if that person was already fishing and I don't know the pace that they're fishing at, I don't know which direction they're going, just to say, hey, I'm going to you know, walk about five or ten minutes upstream 
and then take a few more steps, and that's where I'm going to start fishing, just to let them know. That way, if they're moving upstream after they fish for you know another half an hour, they realize I'm probably fishing over the same fish or the same water that he was fishing over. And so I could change my tactic and, and maybe bounce downstream or try to leapfrog him. And and just to give them that information, that way, if for some reason they're fishing really fast, which which we might do from time to time, or if they're planning on are hopping from spot to spot, they're fishing certain pools, they don't, you know, hop out of the stream immediately after they see me, walk up five minutes and see that I've just walked into the spot that they wanted to fish. Now, is that something that they deserve to be upset about absolutely not i think that's a little, that'd be a little bit silly but again you're just being a good neighbor and a good angler by saying hey you were here first just letting you know this is where i'm going to be i think this is particularly important to do if you're fishing in a mountain stream now i will generally fish faster on a high gradient stream that is to say i i have my you know three or four casts that i like to make in particular pools and then i'll move on to the next one uh there's certain times and certain situations where i do spend more time uh working side to side and maybe you know working through a pool a little bit more um deliberately but by and large, I like to move very quickly until I get the fish dialed in and I, and I have a good pattern. And then when I do that, I think I even move even faster. Um, so if I find myself up in the mountains and I run into somebody, then I'll say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, a half mile upstream. And that's where I'm going to start fishing. Because although, again, there's a chance that you're going to be able to get into fish that somebody fished over or waited over, it's a lot less likely. And so for you to know that hey this guy's going to go up to where that feeder creek feeds into this mainstream so once i get to that point then i need to either go past him or drop all the way back down and fish somewhere else it's going to save you a lot of time and it's again engendering goodwill between you and that person um also you know then you know there's a person up there and there's not like a bear or a axe murderer that's uh, on the stream you know splashing around which sometimes especially as i get older i sound like as i'm you know, stumbling over rocks and boulders and things like that. Just having that conversation of letting, you know, somebody know where you are and what you're doing. But it just involves a really brief conversation, not a long talk. Now, to be fair, and you might be saying, yes, I try this and I always get sucked into conversation. And I get that. That happens sometimes. And as much as I talk into this microphone on this podcast and write online, and, and as much as I advocate having conversations, when I'm out in the woods and on the water, I'm not going to want to get into a super long conversation unless we're walking, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And even then, you know, I might slow my pace a little bit, allow you to walk ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm not out there to have a long conversation. And so I know that can happen. And I've gotten stuck in those situations before. But more often than not, it's just a very quick pleasantry and letting somebody know what you're doing and allowing them to tell you what they're doing so that you can both enjoy your time as much as possible. So that's on the water, in the parking lot, on the water, on the trail, on the woods. Those are great things to, to know. Now, how do you, and this is kind of a, 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 a combination of that classical etiquette I was talking about earlier, you know, who fishes upstream, who fishes downstream, how far to enter, how do you, you, you know, work through pools and, and hopscotch and all that sort of stuff. All right. Um, this is a middle ground between that and this conversation I'm talking about. When you are fishing a new stream and you're figuring out the particular way to employ that standard fishing etiquette, 
on that stream or in that area, then having conversations is very important. And where do you do that? How do you do that? That could be at the parking lot. That could be at the fly shop. That could be at the bar in the stream, you know, at the bar in the stream. I'm sure that exists somewhere at the bar in the town where the stream is. You can have these conversations and say, hey, um, you know, what generally, how do people fish this? Like, I know there's a lot of people here. I know that the, the fishing game department has put up a lot of uh, access points. And I and I see that there's some really great parking lots and, and, uh, and you know, accessibility options in the stream. It seems like there's a lot of people that fish here. How do I fish without being kind of the, the, the goofy tourist that's hopping right on top of somebody or going out of my way, crawling up steep hillsides and rolling through brambles just to avoid something in my head where people really wouldn't care if I waded past them on the opposite bank? Having those conversations is great. Might you feel like a rube? Well, I mean, that's that's all on, on, on you. Might someone, you know, treat you like you're an idiot? Yeah, but that's on them. More often than not, people will respect and appreciate the fact that you want to do right by that angling community, that you want to learn the the lay of the land, because there are some quirky things in quirky places. Um, there, there's been some streams I've fished on where, again, the etiquette is people are totally cool with waiting past somebody. And the reason for that is that the fish are totally used to people waiting all over the place. And so it's not a big deal. And it's much easier to, to move upstream and downstream in the water than it is to get off of the, the bank and stay on the, the public land side because the other side's private land. And then you have to walk really far to get to the trail. And so there's been streams where that's been the case. And all you do is just make sure you don't hook the guy who's, who's waiting behind you. And you might think that is just absurd. But some of these fish rich streams that I've been on, you just get used to it. At first, it's very off-putting, but then you realize, hey, this is kind of what everybody does. Then then uh, you, you realize that it, I would be in the wrong for giving somebody the stink eye or cursing them out because they were doing that. Um, and how would you know that besides simply watching and maybe trial and error of, of you know getting upset with somebody and then realizing that you're actually the one who's, who's being the jerk? So how do you figure that out? Talk in the parking lot. Talk at the fly shop. Say, how, how should I approach this? And the people at the fly shop, they should, they'll, they'll know better than anybody else because they, they again, I, I'm, I'm cutting fly shop employees a pretty, pretty uh, wide berth as far as reputation goes. But they want everybody to get along. They want more people on the stream. And so they're going to say, yeah, you know, people might give you the stink after doing this, but go ahead and do this. This is the right thing to do. This is, this is the best thing to do given this stream and, and how it fishes. And so have those conversations um, to, to understand how should I be fishing here? How should I be be treating this resource? How should I be treating other anglers that are here? And so you can have that conversation again with fly shop employees, with the regular anglers, um, and just with anybody. The same thing, again, like I said, is is true if you're fishing a new stream. You're going to be able to figure out the lay of the land and, and any sort of, of um, uh, approaches that you should be taking being a new angler to that spot. The last one, and this is one that I have not done for a long time, but I remember employing quite a bit, maybe 15, 20 years ago, was doing it online. Um, you know, message boards still have a lot of value in this respect, where people will be really honest uh, online, and they might uh, be more willing to 
give their opinion because of the anonymity that comes with speaking through a message board or speaking on not so much social media because their their picture is always tied to it, you know. But online, people will say straight up, "Hey, do this. Don't don't take any slack from somebody who says you can't. You should do this. This is what everybody does. The locals do, with the exception of a few curmudgeons." Or someone might say, "You know, you you need to really." make sure that you are are not crowding people on this particular stream. And so seeking out that information on a local message board can really be helpful because there's, you know, and some of these ones that I, I, I pop on every now and again, because they, they share something from the website. And so I'd see what people are talking about, or they're asking questions or, or things like that. There's enough people where there's accountability. It's not like it's a fishing cult where where everyone is sworn to secrecy as to how things really happen and they're pushing some sort of weird fly fishing agenda. Uh, more often than not, there's enough people that there is honesty and there is accountability and somebody who says something that's out of left field. Oh yeah, if you know if if there's something in the parking lot, just move on to the next one. That might be true in in like on a spring creek in that's that's really really tiny. But for most streams, for some large water out west or big water up in up in uh, you know New York, that's that's not going to be the case. But if you've never fished there before, then having that information directly from the local's mouth can give you a lot of confidence in, in how you go. And so before you go there, um, if you're not necessarily looking to uh, hop into a local coffee shop and randomly ask somebody what the local stream etiquette is. Getting online and doing that can really be helpful. But uh, along those same lines, you know, call up the fly shop and ask them. Uh, you don't have to do that in person. And that can be a great source of information. But by and large, like I said, golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It works in every aspect and area of life. But it works on the stream also. How would you want someone treating you if they came upon you, you know, taking your time, rigging up, and they came flying out of their car, um, you know, ready to to hop on the water like like at uh, breakneck speed? How would you want someone to treat you if they came upon you just settling into a pool, preparing to move upstream to have a very careful presentation to a trout that you've been watching feed for a long time? Always assume that that person has something going on, that they have a plan, what they're doing and where they're going, and extend that same amount of respect to them. And the easiest way to do it is to have a conversation. And beyond that, common sense and traditional fly fishing etiquette. And uh, just just Google that, you know, fly fishing etiquette. And there's going to be all sorts of resources. And I would say 85% of it is spot on good stuff with the big caveat that Every local stream and every type of water is going to have a certain uh, uh, peculiarity to it and a particular set of etiquette that is a little bit more honed in for that kind of fishing. Do that. Be a good person. Enjoy fishing. Understand that you are part of a greater community and culture, whether you like it or not. And if you embrace that and embrace the fact that most other anglers are in it for the same right reasons that you are, then you're going to be a lot more happy and your stress level is going to go down and you're going to enjoy fishing because it's just fishing. This week on castingacross.com, two articles. The first one was called Catch and Release into Hot Grease. I did not coin that term. I've heard it from a number of places, but it just makes me so happy because I kill fish from time to time. It's been a while since I've killed fish, and I haven't killed a trout from a a, a special regulation spot in probably ever. But I caught a massive crappie 
a couple weeks ago, and they were delicious. They were just spectacular. Uh, lightly fried in a cornmeal and seasoning mixture with a homemade slaw with a little mustard in it and hot sauce. It was a wonderful meal, and I recommend it to everyone. If you say you don't like fish, you have not had uh, freshly caught crappie uh, fried and cooked in this way. Uh, it is just excellent. And so I've said it before in the podcast, fishing is a blood sport. Uh, at the end of the day, even if you're releasing that fish, there is no way that you can guarantee its survival. There is a mortality rate with catch and release, and there's certainly a mortality rate with catch and keep. So it's just by by matter of degrees. You say, yeah, but we'll catch and, catch and keep. You're killing every fish. That's not true. There's a ton of fish I threw back the other day. But depending on the resource, depending on the fish, depending on you and all those things, keep some fish. Do it. It's a reminder of what we're getting into, what this is all about. Uh, I don't know too many deer hunters who just sit in the woods and, and aim their gun at uh, deer and just say, huh. Well, that was fun. Uh, you know, fishing is, is along the same lines where there's sometimes where you pass up on on keeping things. And for me, that's maybe 90% of the time, 95% of the time I pass up on keeping fish. But I've found over the, especially since I've had kids and and I'm just kind of exploring the, the, the fullness of what the outdoors have to offer. There's a lot more of harvesting that makes it into into my fishing, and uh, as long as it's done responsibly and and ethically and within the regulations, then I would say go for it. Wednesday's article is kind of a similar vein. It's called "Add to Fly Fishing: Observe and Identify." Add to Fly Fishing: Observe and Identify. My wife has this really cool app, which is going to be a recommendation at the end of the podcast called Seek, um, and she uses it with the boys to identify all the stuff that we see we're in when they're in, in the woods. And w- this leads to a few different things. One, if someone says, what kind of mushroom is that? We can say, that's this kind of mushroom. Uh, don't eat it. Uh, if we say, you know, what, what kind of flower is that? That's what this kind of flower is. What kind of tree is that? What kind of bird? What kind of butterfly? And we're able to do that using this app. Now, I- ideally, you would take a picture of this thing and you would go home and you would go into your bird book or your fungus book or your plant book and try to figure out exactly what it is by the act of, you know, eliminating other options. And in doing so, you're learning a lot more. And I think that's totally fine and good. But at the same time, we don't have a lot of time. And especially we're in the woods, the boys like to have that that quick uh, appreciation for what we saw. And to give them an answer, it's it's really, really good. So it's not the best way to identify stuff, but it's a good way to identify stuff. So uh, I, I talked about incorporating that sort of thing. It doesn't have to be by using an app. It doesn't have to be by having a guidebook in your vest. It doesn't have to be by taking pictures of everything you see. But uh, I would say that this is a really cool thing to add into your fly fishing because there are some true fishing benefits that you will get if you understand what the birds are doing, what the plants are doing, and of course, what the bugs are doing. Because fish and all those things are part of the same ecosystem. And so understanding how they they work together uh, is very helpful to your fly fishing. This week's recommendation on the podcast is Seek by iNaturalist. Seek by iNaturalist. And this is the app I was just talking about. It's very cool. Uh, my wife uses it a whole lot more than I do, but I, I really want to integrate it into what I what I do uh, when I'm out on the water and when I'm in the woods. But it is an app where you're able to use the camera on your phone to 
take a picture of anything, plants, animals, fungi, you name it, and it will help you identify what it is. And then with a few taps, you can do a couple different things. You can learn more about that uh, that particular uh, species. You can see other things that are related to it, get a little bit of information, and then you can catalog it. You can also see uh, how rare this is, which I think is pretty cool because you come across this like one flower in the middle of a grove in the woods and you realize, oh, wow, this flower only blooms from this time to this time into these conditions. This is actually kind of a special thing. Whereas if you were just walking by and saying, oh, there's a flower, you might appreciate its aesthetic you know, beauty, but to say, oh, wow, this is actually kind of a special thing that I get to see this. And it adds something to your outdoor experience. So definitely a cool thing that I would recommend if you are out and about by yourself with a non-fishing uh, acquaintance or family member, and certainly if we are with your kids, so they can begin to appreciate the fullness of, of what's out there. Because what it does is it trains people to observe. It trains people to look, to say, what's new? What's different? What do I not know? Which I think is awesome. That's one of the, the greatest things about outdoor activities is the exploration and the observation. So definitely check out Seek by iNaturalist. I'll put a link to the app, which is available for iPhone and Android on this podcast's page on castingacross.com. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across live stream podcast. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com for three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Thank you.